Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's edition, this week's episode, this week's chapter of Shots Fired. I'm sat here alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Jisanga Malata and the uh, two musketeers will be joining us at some point during this incredible episode because we have lots to talk about and we are going to get to the all important meat and potatoes. This week's hot topic. And I think we all know what that is. But first off, Chisanga Malata, how the devil are you? I'm good, Michael. I'm good, Michael. How are you? It's good to it's good to chop it up with you. Consecutive weeks, consecutive weeks. I mean, we we don't take days off. We don't unless unless there's stuff going on, unless there's work, unless there's family. Me and you are consistent with this. You know not, what we not mean? That, not that not that I'm slamming the other two. Obviously, life gets in the way. But I'm just saying we're consistent. We're, we're at it every time. You know what? Fuck them. Foundational <laughs> Black Americans tardy as hell this is bad <laughs> timekeeping i think what we need to do we need a chapter or we need our own edition i think it's you know it's got to be flavored in the brit style we can call it brit pack mma how about that actually no, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's been taken as, <laughs> i mean that's been, been taken that name's been taken by uh the good yeah to sandu and uh mr og yeah. simon head yeah love those guys yeah, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. As much as uh, I get on with those guys, I don't think they're going to allow us to uh, commandeer their 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 name for a sub segment of uh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> well, speaking of like all things British, I think it's only right that we touch upon some incredible, first of all, TV deals, but um, just the London card, which is actually shaping up for both Bellator and the UFC. You know, over to you first off because. I'm guessing that you had um, the, I suppose, whispered uh, notion or whispered um, news that this was coming down the pipe um, about PFL. So talk to me about all things PFL because they secured, um, and it is a big deal, they secured a bad boy deal with Channel 4, which is, for those people who are listening from the States, a major broadcaster. It's one of our um, well, I suppose mainstream broadcasters over here in the UK. So talk to me, talk to me about all things Channel 4 and PFL. Yeah, so I heard some rumblings through um, through, through a friend of mine. He was, he was, he was actually my neighbour. Uh, he knows, um, I, I don't quite know the, the, guy, the guy's position in the, in the PFL, but he, he, recently, he recently joined up uh, with, with the promotion and he was responsible for, um, you know, the PFL, not the, not the feeder league that they've got. It's... Um, they recently announced a slew, a, a slew of fights for it, it's it's it, it's almost like like a contenders league. Yes, contenders league. That's it. Yes. So he um, he recently like signed up a slew of Brits for the uh, for 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 that contenders league. And I heard rumblings that they were going to be on a major um, major British outlet for a good 
I think six weeks or so I was trying to chase up stuff, but the, the leads went cold, but, mm. and then on the, what day was it? It was last, it was, it was last, it was last Friday, no, last, last Thursday, sorry, last Thursday. Got uh, Yes. We got confidentially told that the PFL will be coming to, to channel four, which I mean, uh, to, as, as Mike said, to those of you who are listening across the, the pond or wherever you are, that's not the United Kingdom. Channel 4 is one of the biggest broadcasters in, in British history. I mean, and favorite news channel of mine. I mean, <laughs> six, it's six o'clock at, at this house. The Simpsons goes on Channel 4 <laughs> until until seven o'clock. And then you get the uh, the seven o'clock news. Um that's a time-honored tradition in the Malata household anyway, my Mr. Malata Sr. as well. Um, oh, wow, he's a Simpsons fan. Oh, no, I just mean in his house. That's what I would do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did, yeah, when I was younger. But yeah, um, to have the PFL on, on Channel 4, I was gobsmacked when I saw, when, when, when I saw um, it was Channel 4. And it was quite early in the morning when I read the, the email and I had to do the old, like, take off my, my glasses and like rub my eyes to, to, to kind of to, to kind of make sure it's that and yeah it's sincerely promising and, and and I think it's a testament to to the growth of uh of mixed martial arts as, as a sport in a whole and maybe um so much of a, a changing of the of well I don't want to say don't want to say changing of the guard because there are still executives who poo-pooed the idea of mixed martial arts even just like five or six years ago or, or what have you, but maybe a changing, a changing of perception. And maybe that's down to um, the, the, well, the, the storytelling of all UK mixed martial arts writers and getting the stories of, of all our uh, combatants out there. And maybe that's what's prompted a, a U-turn as such, but yeah, the PFL on channel four, man, it's, it's, it's massive. And I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I know, um, I, I got the confidential email, but I can't remember off the top of my head the date w- which uh, when it starts. But I mean, yeah, we're going to see people like Lennon Lochnane and Clarissa Shields on in action on, on on Channel Four. Channel Four, Mike. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine even five years ago that we'd be in this position where Channel Four. I think we could we where Channel Four would have picked up the mixed martial arts. I think we could have envisaged a day with the BBC picked up because the BBC have niche sports in which 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 they cover but I never thought in my lifetime that Channel 4 would be broadcasting mixed martial arts unless it's the bad side say like um say like the the Conor Habib bro all the outlets that don't cover mixed martial arts it's yeah. crazy like that happens they'll pay the the licensing fee for the footage to to, to put it out there to put it uh, to fill up their uh, their news bulletins but yeah Channel 4 of uh struck a huge deal with uh with the pfa yeah i'm i'm, I'm actually buzzing I, I i really really am buzzing and i just hope that um obviously there are going to be some growing pains uh, there there really are and i i hope that maybe they get people from the uk to um to join the pfl's broadcast team or or if they well, are well forget the broadcast team yeah. i mean let's talk about the roster because Stuart austin has now been signed to pfl and uh stevie ray is also on the roster. So I would like to see a slew of British, um, UK-based and Irish fighters on the roster as well, because it just means that there's going to be more choice where people can actually go. And this whole kind of like notion of, um, I suppose, the monopoly being lifted on, what, what, what is the word I'm, think, I'm thinking of? There is no longer this uh, kind of like panacea to your 
mixed martial arts fix, either as a fan yeah. or as a fighter. Whereas before we were looking towards, you know, the, the global dominance of the UFC, and that was the only home that would be suitable and that would be right and that would be fitting for you. For fighters, we now have the PFL. We now have Bellator. And obviously we've got the UFC. We're talking about big name brand um, mixed martial arts outfits. And for me, those are the, are, are the big names. It's just incredible that from a British perspective, there is more choice. Yeah, you're it looks right. like Kairos is about to join us, but sorry, I cut you off there. No, yeah, I'm, I'm saying you're right. And let's not forget one championship also offer a, a home as well for, for fighters. So it's, I mean, it, it's a, now, it, now is the best time to be a mixed martial artist. Mm. It, it, tr- it truly is. You have... And a mixed mix martial artist fan. Yeah, and a mixed martial artist fan, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, but as a mixed martial artist, like, could you imagine... Say if the uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, the Paul Daly, Josh Kocher situation, when when that happened, a lot of people thought his career would be over because obviously that the UFC were the were the only game in town, as the, well as as people would say or, or what have you. But can you imagine if he got cut, then he could have gone now. Sorry, I mean he could have gone straight to Bellator, could have gone to one, could have gone to the PFL. And yeah, man, I just it's it's great that there are so many options for for mixed martial artists, especially those who get released from the UFC unceremoniously as well. So I'm excited. I mean, and keeps me in a job, you know. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm You're going to have an abundance to write about. But speaking of abundance, it's only right that we bring in Kairos Bodley to the conversation. How are you? This actually, sorry, Wave TV's own yes, Kairos Bodley. You get a round of applause for that, my brother. Indeed, that appointment is so fitting. And if there is anything that we as a collective can do for you, you only have to whisper it. You don't even have to kind of like say it in normal tones. Just whisper what you need and it will be done, my brother. We're here. We're here to do your bidding. Wave TV have acquired something phenomenal in you. And, you know, I think that, I think people need to recognize that. So tell us about your uh, your new appointment because obviously we know about it, but the listeners don't really know what's actually going on. It's a it's a big deal for us, and hopefully it'll be a big deal for listeners too. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so basically, they're contracting me to put out segments, a certain amount of segments a week for them, and they'll pay me for each project I do. So it's pretty cool. And they at first, when I went through the hiring process, they told me that they already had their eyes set on what they wanted their um prospective people to create but i guess because of my like tapes that i sent to them they were like okay we're gonna let you do whatever you want so they've been very great supportive they're like put out what you want we'll support it and we'll go with it so that's exactly what i that's everything i could ask for so are, yeah. are we going to see kind of like um a uh what's the word i'm looking i'm a a larger version of what you've established online because you do a lot of front of camera work you do a lot of montages you do a lot of takes where you're actually you know lending your voice and just letting um the pictures do the talking i mean what what exactly are these these uh well what's the content going to look like yeah it's going to be a little bit longer format it's going to be feel like their youtube 
and it'll be me covering like more pressing topics that people don't want to talk about that people refuse to talk about and that sort of thing and like providing my uh that's at least what I'm thinking and I want to provide stuff that people aren't already providing and put it like more digestible like I don't want to give you a five-hour video I'm gonna give you like a five-minute video seven-minute video and then uh you do with that what you must but I'll still keep doing like what I usually do and now that I got my camera back and I'm gonna buy a second camera like it's go time like I got a lot of stuff I'm I'm gonna be doing Incredible. But, you know, just before you came through, um, I know you're early, but, you know, we thought that we'd start because you're never late. What we were talking about was basically we are in, I would say, a really good space in terms of satiating our appetites on a um, terrestrial level. And that is TV, terrestrial TV level for mixed martial arts because a major deal has now been signed between the BBC and Bellator. They've actually re-upped with uh, the BBC, Bellator have anyway. But the PFL, um, the Professional Fighters League, they've actually signed a historic deal with Channel 4, again, a major broadcaster. And we were just chopping up about um, Channel 4 and what it actually means for the UK mixed martial arts fan, which is abundance really. But I just want to touch quickly on BBC. We know that they'd actually signed a deal previously with BBC and what it meant was their content was available on a BBC iPlayer. Now, given that we all nowadays have smart TVs, I suppose this new deal, which is BBC Three, and that is obviously available through your, 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 your regular TV, um, it's just like icing on the, the cake. Ambassador, you're spoiling us, is what we said originally when the BBC were actually, um, I suppose, in the throes of their new deal with Bellator. But this is kind of like, you know, Ambassador, you, you are truly uh, making us obese with how much you're actually feeding us because it's an incredible addition in terms of how we can consume um, this content. So what say you on the BBC deal, Chisanga Malata? Yeah, I mean... The key thing for me is that you'll now be able to watch the U.S. events live and no, no, no issues. Obviously, we've had, uh, well, we have the infamous Peppa Pig gate with, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, with the Rory McDonald uh, Gegard Masasi fight. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the stature and standing of this deal shouldn't, uh, shouldn't, go, uh, shouldn't go unnoticed and shouldn't go unheralded it because I know people just saw people I think people just saw the headline and they just thought okay Bellator just pro prolonged their 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 current deal with the with the BBC no they've they've gone to uh to great lengths to ensure that their their product can be seen at any time uh, in particular you at the US product it's I mean that, that that's what we wanted as, as as you said like ambassador you're you're making us obese now like but that that's like I think UK mixed martial arts fans would have just been fine if the deal continued as is and they could have uh, watched the content as and when they pleased. But uh, to, to be able to have the option to watch it live, is it's, it's, it's a whole nother dimension and it's a whole nother ball game. And I think, well, I mean, judging from the, the reaction in the, the comments that I saw in my, in my tweets, fans were, were over the moon. So, I mean, yeah. the more mixed martial arts on TV, the better. And the, well, it's, it's going to further grow the sport and, and what have you. So, I mean, I, I, well, yeah, I think, well, Bellator, remember they, they also had like a simultaneous deal at one point with, uh, with Sky Sports and, and, uh, and the BBC. Do you not remember that? 
Yeah, I do actually. You're right. So I, I wonder if the the Sky relationship is completely completely fizzled out because I've noticed as of late the uh, in particular for the last UFC pay per view, uh, Sky are starting to put up uh, a lot of footage from UFC pay per views. They they are so I, I I don't know whether that's a view to acquiring the rights in a few years because especially as we know that. Um, DAZN are acquiring the rights uh, are going to be buying BT Sport so that's going to Oh are they though? Yeah. Are they? Yeah, because... do you know that, that that was in the Financial Times was it not? I... Okay, it was in there a while ago but that story has kind of like gone a little bit quiet. Perhaps. And it's kind of strange that um everything had got to the boil mm-hmm. and how I understand it now that deal is no longer going through but you are the journo uh, it's my job to find out. All right, I'll, all right, I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll don my uh, my Columbo jacket and and we'll we'll try to figure this out. <laughs> For such a young man, you're referring to one of my heroes, Columbo. <laughs> it's it's quite unnerving because you shouldn't know about Columbo at your age. No, no, my mom used to religiously watch Columbo. Yeah, and I remember from wow. <laughs> When, when I was suspended from school, Colombo was on daytime TV, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You know, we, we touched on it again um, at the beginning where we said we, we have an abundance of, um, I suppose, mixed martial arts, both as a consumer and both as an athlete. I think it's only right just to touch on what we've got to look forward to in, well, in the coming months from Bellator and the UFC on these shores, because... I think that, again, we've been spoiled. We've got Bellator London with MVP um, headlining against Amosov. And um, we've got UFC London, obviously, taking place in March. It's a good time to be a mixed martial artist and a good time to be a mixed martial arts fan. For me personally, I'm just glad to see an abundance. I don't care which one is vying for the top spot because if you notice from the... PR or the press yeah, releases yeah. that we're getting through. There is a little <laughs> bit of kind of like argy bargy get, getting getting through and um, being kind of like um, penned in those press releases. But what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, the most stacked mixed martial arts vendor <laughs> this year. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it whatsoever because I I saw some people's reaction to the UFC London card, and yeah, they wanted big sexy names and, and what have you. I just wanted the showcase of uh, all the UK talent for UFC London, which I've got. Mm. I'm, I'm happy with that. But um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The you know what? I you know I, I don't mind the the RG bargy when it comes to the uh, to no. Let, let's let's not call it. Let, let's right. It's well, it's nearly passive watershed. It's basically a fucking. <laughs> A dick swinging contest, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what, what it is. And I, I don't I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it whatsoever. I mean, there are good fights, uh, really good fights on the Bellator card. Obviously, you got the championship fight between Omosov and uh, and Michael. You got Jason Jackson and Douglas Lima, newly added. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Luke Trainer, who a lot of people need to really start paying attention to. I was really impressed with how he uh, dismantled. Big Yannick, but uh, I can't. I can't say Yannick's surname without butchering it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was really impressed with that. The last Bellator Dublin, and I think Rob Whiteford's returning on that card as well. If memory serves me correctly, yes, yeah, so, that's right. Yes, yeah, so, man. I mean, can I address the elephant in the room? 
what is saw a little bit of fanfare about a uh, certain KO slugger, uh, a knockout specialist, oh, yeah. using that card. And that obviously I'm talking about Paul Daly using that card as his swan song. That's suddenly gone quiet. And um, I don't know, sources tell me that perhaps Paul Daly isn't happy with the fact that, well, he's not going to be co-main if you think about it, if you've got Lima and Jackson. Now, if you look at it, if he's not going to be co-main, would he be happy? And I don't think he would. Would he be happy to be lower down the card? I mean, God forbid that um, they do give him, obviously, this as his his swan song, as he's kind of like requested. But it's looking a little bit dicey at the moment because it has gone awfully quiet. Yeah, no, he he deserves co-main event billing for 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 what he's done for uh, for Bellator for helping Bellator grow in the United Kingdom and for uh, everything he's done in mixed martial arts as well. But look, I know he didn't get win a UFC world title or a strike force title or what have you, but he always always entertained. And whenever you talk about UK mixed martial arts, his name is one of the names first uttered out of people's mouths. So yeah. I think Bellator have to show him the respect that, that he's due and give him give him co-main event billing. Unless they're going to give him a headline spot for a show next year, well, later in the year, which I wouldn't mind. But that I think that's highly doubtful. So give the man his co-main event slot. You know, speaking of co-main event, I think we really need to press on with the main event here, and that is Kairos Bodley. I have to keep coming back to you, Kairos, man. I'm so, so proud of what you've achieved. Wave TV is a big deal. It's a big deal for me. And I'm going to keep on bigging you up and talking about it over this podcast, um, the duration of which um, we are really pressing through. But Kairos Bodley, what are you bringing to the table this week? Um, you brought up media and that's what I wanted to talk about because I saw the Nelk boys were putting together this like hiring process. I've seen a lot of other major groups, whatever, entourages, whatever you want to call it, they're putting together like hiring machines to grab people who are in the MMA sphere to do different jobs. And I'm wondering, in my mind, is this good for the sport in terms of presenting it in a professional manner that's going to send out the best message or is this going to hurt us in the long run because at the end of the day there's a lot of people because they watch mma because they watch wwe because all these because and all these other factors a lot of these people don't think themselves to be good enough so they present this shtick persona attitude whatever of themselves and it's good for some people agree. People gravitate towards it. That's fine. Uh, that's perfectly fine. But there's some people who think that that's stupid fuck shit. Like there's some people who are like, I don't want to fucking hear news anchor voices when I'm fucking hearing about MMA. There's some people like, I don't want to hear you speak at two beats per minute when I'm trying to get the fucking news. So I, I'm honestly at a crossroads because I'm grateful that these doors are opening up to our community and I'm grateful that these opportunities are presenting themselves to people to showcase, to develop, to take themselves to the next level. But I also think that if we show this face of, of what we have in our community, people might say, fuck this community. Y'all ain't got shit going on. You guys have no one like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and the more and more I think about it, me personally, I think that 
it's going to end up being a good thing, but it's going to be some serious growth pains that we have to deal with. Because I honestly think that there's a lot of people in this sphere who don't know what they're doing, who don't have skill sets, who don't have abilities, who don't have anything like to parlay themselves into these positions besides, oh, well, I'm popular on Twitter. Oh, I have this. And a lot of these people are going to end up getting these positions. And I feel like that's going to hurt the brands that hire them. It's going to hurt the people who co-sign for them. It's going to hurt the people who watch these mediums and go to these sites and go to these channels. And I feel like it's going to create the opposite result that we're expecting to get from it. But I don't know. Reel me in if you think I'm wrong, because I honestly think this shit is at DEFCON 2, potentially DEFCON 1 right now for how bad this could turn out for our sport. But let me know what y'all think. I got Michael first. Mr. Morgan, please. Okay. You know what? For me, the Nelk boys, they represent what's known in entrepreneurial circles and in business circles as disruptors. There are things which come along which disrupt the status quo. Think of, I don't know, Think of your high street shop. The disruptor to that is Amazon. Why should I go to the shop when Amazon can do it for me? They've disrupted how we do things, made it better, made it more efficient, making things work smarter. Another disruptor, we're going to get onto this later, is Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a disruptor. Look at the massive traction, reach, and audience that he has. People like traditional uh, people, like your Howard Stearns, like your, um, I I know maybe this this won't actually resonate with you, but um, over here, it would be someone like Michael Parkinson or someone like Jonathan Ross. Joe Rogan has disrupted what was our traditional means by which we were consuming interviews. We were consuming talk shows. This is a guy who now sits there with a bong and using salty phrases and languages. Again, we're going to get to that later. But I say that to say this. I do see the Nelk boys and people like that as the disruptors. We need to get used to disruptors if we carry on the way that we are and that is the sport is presented in the way that it is served up in the way that it is consumed in the way that it is by those outlets that we currently have this sport isn't going to be long for this world we need to move with the time the disruptor are people like the Nelk boys and we've seen this already the UFC have dip their toe in the water with this. I forget her name, but the disruptor which comes to mind is that social influencer who they parachuted in, Addison Ray. Right. They parachuted her in exponential traction, exponential in the fact that people who wouldn't normally tune in were tuned in, were consuming a product that they never would have considered before. The UFC like it, or loathe it is an entertainment entity. Yes, sports underpins it, but it's entertainment. And that's why we need to get used to these disruptors. And I, for one, I'm here for that. 
I'm all we for need take. some give and take. Hold on. I'm Hold, we need take. some give and take. Hold up. No, no, no. You ain't going to do that. We need. You have to have some sort of ability, okay? You either have to have a presence in front of the camera. You either got to know what you're talking about. You either got to have quality, like, image quality. You got to have something going for you. We have people who have none of those abilities. Those are the people who I'm talking to. I'm talking to that cop. I'm talking to that denominator who we, you can't speak on camera. You can't speak in general. You have no personality. You put together terrible quality stuff. What do you have to offer besides a fucking voice when you talk on camera? Over exemplifying, over emphasizing specific words. Like, no, fuck that shit. Yes, we can get some influence in here. Addison Ray has phenomenal camera presence. She has people skills. She can talk to people and she can learn about the sport. She has things going for her. But we're inviting people in here who have nothing going for them. And not just for media moguls and multimedia places like Wave, like others. You got places that have credited journalists who cannot do certain things at all. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to recite. But you you know what you see. You're like, hmm, I see they hire everybody over there. <laughs> That's the point that I'm trying to make. It's not about, oh, the disruptors. I'm a disruptor. How can yes. I sit here? I'm a disruptor. Thank you. My point is, you can't be not, you can't be a disruptor or be the status quo and not have abilities. Yeah. And because we're in the infancy of this sport, we're allowing a lot of people into this realm. And not to be an elitist. I know I just got a job. I'm going to sit here and be like, you, Joe Schmoes, aren't capable. I'm not trying to be an elitist. I think when you look at any sort of creative field, there should be some sort of litmus test or measurement to say, okay, well, you can do this. You can you have set skill sets that you or attributes that you possess. And we can work with that. There are people who have nothing, can offer nothing, and don't want to develop anything who are given the opportunity. It should not be a privilege, but they are given the privilege to be in this space and working for these major companies. And you see them on Saturday asking stupid ass questions to Matt Mitrione. Hey, you've lost six straight fights. What's going through your head? And he hasn't lost six straight fights. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Like, come the fuck on. What are you I doing? Get, I, I get I get what you're what, what you're saying, Carlos. And yeah, but but unfortunately, a lot of these companies are just going to see people's presence on social media. They'll be like, oh, he has 25 or 30,000 followers on, on Twitter. And then if he starts sharing our stuff, then it can circulate and then our trafficking can, can, can drive up. It doesn't matter if the if the product is subpar to begin with. We can work on those growing pains. We can get through that. So that's just that's just a sad, a, a sad reality, unfortunately, then. And I, I, get, I get what you're saying that. Yeah, there are there are people who are better better suited, who have better skill sets overall, who would be able to to contribute and represent our mixed martial and their work represent mixed the mixed martial arts community in a better light. But sadly, I mean, it's all it's only about numbers. It's a numbers game at at, at this moment in time. It, well, it, it, at this moment in time, what I'm on about it's a number game all all the time. So I think people are gonna cut down on quality to begin with if they have a better overall reach which is which is sad which which is sad like yeah i mean you, you want to see people who are putting out uh, consistently good uh, and high quality work being given those opportunities but that's just a harsh reality that we live in and as going on for what mike said initially like when i was seeing the the nail boys getting involved with the ufc like I've, well 
I'm, I'm 32 now. Like, I, I, I don't even know who those guys are. I was like, what the hell are these guys? I'm going to have to mm-hmm. Google them or, or what have you. But bringing more eyes to the sport. And, like, we we get under the UFC for a litany of things that they, that they do wrong. But one thing that they do right is stay relevant and stay with the times. Mm-hmm. By uh, by teaming up with the Nelk boys, especially for example, the um, the the last looking for a fight last weekend. Like I'd I'd love to see the uh, the, the the analytics and the, the the metrics from from that just from those Nelk boys being present and promoting it on uh, on social media. But it might, might not be my cup of tea or what have you. But they're bringing new eyes and importantly, more importantly, younger eyes, younger eyes who are then going to stay fans of the sport for years to come to the sport. So. But that's the thing. They produce quality. Like, I didn't know who they were either until I saw them yeah. on Twitter. So then I started just going through watching, like, hours and hours of stuff that they did. They put together some quality stuff. Yeah, they do. They do. And yeah. when they put that tweet down there and people were, like, pitching, t- tagging videos of themselves and stuff they did in the past to it, saying, I'm sending my resume through, like, I recommend this, people. One thing I do is I'm a nosy motherfucker. I'm nosy. And it, it's a it's a double-edged sword. It's good. It's bad. Because sometimes I learn some shit I don't need to know. But I went down that thread and clicked on almost every single person who was auditioning for this. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, hell no. And it's not because, yes, it is. It's because y'all, a lot of y'all do not have ability. But it's like a major group of people like that who understand quality work would understand how much better it is for you to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice this. Maybe I don't have someone who's very well known, but I have a reach and there's talented people yeah. under my umbrella to grab. And now we have we have talent and we have reach and we're combining versus you saying we have reach. This person has reach too. A lot of people, when they see shit that's trash, block, mute, done. You will never see the shit again. So really you're closing doors for yourself, I think, when you compromise like that. 100% no. I tell you this, what? I've learned this. I've learned this <laughs> over and over and over again. Over the last 12 years that I've been in this business, I have got one of the most expensive cameras um, in my arsenal. Now, when I talk about in my arsenal, I have a camera which is um, 30 pounds. I have another camera which is uh, 1500 pounds. And I have another camera, which is, uh, 5,000 pounds. Right now, when I used to use the 5,000 pound camera and put together documentaries, mini series, backstage interviews, imagine my horror when using the 30 pound camera in portrait mode, which one do you think got over 50,000 views within an hour? There are so many factors that go into no, that though. No, 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 no. Yes, the question. There are the so question. many factors. <laughs> I know the answer because it's true. No, you have about, what. there are so many different factors that play into how far your stuff is going to travel. There are so, and it's about the right tool for the right situation. But there are so many, like, uh, I know, because I, I throw shit out there. I throw shit out there all the time. There will be some videos where I'm sitting in front of this camera, talking my shit, da-da-da-da-da. 
And sometimes it goes off, sometimes it doesn't. There are videos where I literally will edit on my phone really quick, put it up there, and shit gets to like 100,000 views in an hour, and people are arguing and fucking calling me a monkey in the comments. It's a, There's so many different factors that play into this game of media. It's not just, oh, people don't care about image quality. It's about the time you put it up. It's about the topic that's being covered. It's about if it's relevant. It's about yeah. who's online when they see it. It's about if a person is going to imprint on the stuff. So many different things play into it. Let's be real. Hold on. Let's be real. You know this. You know this. And I, 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 you, you are so sneaky. You haven't mentioned this. It's about content. What is in this video? I don't care what resolution it's at. I'm watching it if it's beguiled and enthralled me and pulled me in. It doesn't matter what time you put it up. It's to do with the content. The content of what has been put up will actually drag me in. So... That I think is what's what they're going for here. They're going for mass in terms of bodies who will be able to put together incredible content that people want to consume. That is what I think is the play here. They're not going for quality. They're not going for the HD. They're, they're, they're going for mass, but they're going for mass content that people want to consume. I get what you're saying. No, I, 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 I see both both sides of both sides of your argument uh, what Kairos is saying about um about the timing about who's online about who retweets it that that that's 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 they all factor in i think they, they all factor in in particular mm. now with say for um for instance if you're putting stuff out on instagram like you've got like it, it's got to be like military precision military mm. precision and like and, and you've got to you've got to keep up with the algorithm as well. Like that's, that's, that's another thing. Like that's, I'm, I'm going to make, be making a concerted effort with my Instagram this year and a post that I, that, that I put up of, of Adesanya uh, didn't do anywhere nearly as well as the post that I put up of Ngannou not too, not too long ago. But then I realized, Oh fuck, I posted it at like, I think, I think I posted it at like four o'clock on like a Wednesday or whatever. People are still, still working. People are still working. Like there's got to be time, like windows when, when you do this stuff. But anyway, we're, 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 I'm digressing. We're moving on to another thing. I see both your points are salient. Both your points are salient, but. Right, I, Mike's I, wrong. That's it. I'm right, Mike's wrong. That's it. Moving <laughs> on, next topic. Next topic, I'm right. <laughs> All right, Mike, or let's. Uh, Let's let, let's bring this uh, this big boy to the table. Well, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that Joe Rogan is going through the mill at the moment. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan has been drawn, quartered, and flogged over a historical video, which is doing the rounds at the moment in terms of a compilation. It's a compilation of him saying the N word. But this has been doing the rounds, I think, for the longest while. This isn't something which has just come to light. This isn't a ha-ha, gotcha moment. This has been going around for the longest while. And for those who haven't heard or haven't seen it, I think I want to play it because this was where I first got wind of it. And it was when Joe Rogan fell out with... Alex Jones. And um, this was actually played on his InfoWars show. And it goes a little something like this.
Here we go. Left wants to project racism on everything, and you want to cuddle up to it, so feel what it's like, Joe. Here's Joe talking about going to see Planet of the Apes movie, and then he gets in a black neighborhood. Well, just hear it for yourself. Here it is. There's Planet of the Apes, man. We're going to go see Planet of the Apes. So I look on the iPhone app, and it says, okay, take me to this one. And the guy goes, okay. I goes, is that in a good neighborhood? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy barely speaks English. He takes us there. We get out, and we're giggling. Oh, we're going to see Planet of the Apes. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. <laughs> we, we we walked in the door and there was no white people. There was no white people. Now, the reason why I played that in particular, because we've all heard the compilation and he has apologized since that has actually come out. And that is my question that I am actually bringing to the table today. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has apologized for something which is historic, should that, basically be it, water under the bridge, and shall we let it pass? And I pose that as a question to give my answer before obviously throwing it out. I say no. I say no because I believe Joe Rogan is racist. He's racist because of the times which he has used the N-word, it has been to elicit a response. Now he says it's about humor. He's used race and racist statements to actually get a laugh, to get some kind of reaction, classing it as humor. And he's contextualizing it it by saying he was using it to illustrate a point. I say no, because of the clip I've just showed you, that clearly states he was equating, again, using comedy, again, using humor, again, using exaggeration. The fact that he went to the showing of Planet of the Apes and he was surrounded by, in his words, a planet of apes. Now, that to me kind of underlines what I'm saying about him being a racist. This is a preconceived view. This is him actually oppressing and suppressing someone with no power because he has power. That is a classic definition of racism. So no, I don't think that Joe Rogan gets a pass. No, I don't think that his non-apology apology way of explaining or way of explaining the context of what we have been seeing for the last, what week or so, I say, No, I don't accept that apology either. And the last thing I I say no to, though, is cancelling Joe Rogan. I don't think he should be cancelled. I like my racists where I can see them in plain sight. So I can keep an eye on you. Don't get me wrong. I will be continuing to watch the UFC broadcast, regardless of whether he's on it or not, because I think he's a very talented broadcaster. But let's not be around the bush. I feel as though what he said was racist. Joe Rogan is racist. And it's because once explaining the context to what we have been seeing, that clip is looming loud and large, which he has not explained. He has not been able to explain it because he's racist. 
I'm going to go with Kairos Bodley. What was the question again so I can answer it and then say... The, the, the question is, does he get a pass because of the fact that this, these are historic clips? Does he get a pass because he has contextualized um, what has been said and why they were said? And um, should we cancel Joe Rogan? Fuck no, he doesn't deserve a pass because anyone who's been watching him before this time knew this shit. Like when I saw the compilation, I was like, I saw this fucking 10 years ago. Like I knew what he was about. I knew the type of person he was. And I remember the Planet of the Apes clip. I, I remember so many different things that he said, just like I remember so many different things that other people have said. Do I believe people can grow, can change and develop? Sure, absolutely. Do I believe that Joe Rogan has done that in this a lot of time? No, he was forced to even come up and bring this to the forefront because Spotify just paid you 100 million. You're not going to fuck up their money. That's the reason why he even is addressing this shit. You're not going to fuck up their money. And my problem through this entire situation is so many people want to just move the goalposts. One, America has fucked people's minds up so badly that they think the only way you can be racist is if you fucking own slaves. There are so many people who want to just make excuses and you point, you hit it right on the head. It's the very definition of racism, what he did. He uses position of power to enforce stereotypes and harmful traits to black people and ideology to people and his audience. He used his power so, like, I don't think people understand, and I, I'm done arguing with you motherfuckers online. I'm done talking to you motherfuckers about this topic online. Y'all want to be fucking idiots? Y'all want to be fuckheads? Go right ahead and do that. You're not going to waste my time anymore. This one dumbass was all up in my fucking mentions on IG saying, listen, what he said was dumb, but I don't think he's racist. He's, he has all these black comedians on the show. He doesn't shut the fuck up about this. He's in proximity to black people be bullshit so they can't be racist. He's doing business with black people so he can't be doing it. He's in the fucking comics, comedy industry. How are you not gonna work with black people? And then you got these people saying, well, look at all these other black people coming to his defense. I didn't know we were a fucking monolith. I didn't know if it was okay to, Whatever his name is, uh, whatever their whatever their names are, I didn't know that if it was okay for them, that it was okay for everybody else. It's not okay. Stop saying it's okay. Stop saying what he said wasn't racist. Stop saying all this shit. Just shut the fuck up and listen, because y'all, it's it is so embarrassing to see the type of just arguments that go through you all's head to try and rationalize this. And then you're not gonna cancel Joe Rogan. Cancel culture isn't real. There are rapists, murderers, killers out there released, still able to make a living, still a part of major film corporations, still putting out movies, still fighting in MMA gyms, domestic abusers, people who have killed four people in vehicular manslaughter, able to fight three or four more times for an organization before they get cut. Then they're fighting overseas for another organization. So cut this shit out about the cancel culture. Cut it out. I like, I'm so, I'm so glad this situation revisited itself and it's gonna revisit again. And there's gonna be other situations from the past it's gonna revisit. But that being said, no, he doesn't deserve a pass. No, people need to stop acting like this is something that he doesn't deserve. And also, people need to start accepting the fact that racism isn't 1776 owning slaves anymore. Exactly. It's using your position of authority and power mm -hmm. to cause harm. And it's what they've been doing in business practices and the court systems, through media, through everything. I'm yeah. just, it's embarrassing that you fuckers haven't got the fucking memo. And last but certainly not least, to any person 
who wants to come and debate with me about this shit, fuck you, fuck your mama, fuck all that. Because no, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, I, 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 I'd even listened to podcasts before where, where Joe had, had said the, it said, it said the N word and he was trying to, as, as you said, he was, as he said in his apology, he was trying to contextualize it and just, oh, it's, it's, it's just a word. I'm not saying it in the context of directing it at an African-American or directing it at anybody that was black. But as I, as I said to you in, in the chat, but prior to the way you put it, Mike, I said that I don't think that he's uh that that he's a racist that that but the way that you laid it out in particular when you mentioned the um the uh the the planet oppression and suppression yeah because he has power yeah over those who do not yeah in particular when you mentioned that that's uh that's done a lot to, to to change my to change my my perception and i mean i i said this in 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 the group chat i think at the at the very very least, and this is just me. I don't even know why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He just feels that he's well, well one that he's above. Um, above uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say above the law or whatever. Uh, above being reprimanded for it, and and he had and what like a lot a lot of people who are subconsciously racist. He, he feels that he either. Subconsciously or unconsciously, he has the right to say to to use that word, but knowing full well that it's stooped in white supremacy. We all we all know there's there's no other there's no other context. And I know people say, oh well, well black people say it to each other, but that's a word that we've claimed through through hundreds of hundreds of years of, of punishment, a hundred of years of, of bigotry, and hundreds of years of discrimination, which people still go through today. Only the other week I went and sat down on, on the tube and then this lady hastily grabbed her, her, uh, her, her handbag as if I was going to, as if my, my first instinct was uh, I'm, I'm going to go rob her. Like, I mean, that, I, I know people will say, well, that, that kind of normalizes it for other people, but no, pe- people know full well. And I, what, what annoys me is that I don't know why people not non people people who 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 aren't who aren't racist or whatever they they don't have the desire to 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 say the word yes i understand human instinct you know and human nature that or like even say like as as a child you say no you can't have that then the child will want it yeah that that's human nature to an extent but when it comes to this when people fully fully well know the the history of the word and just how, how 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 jarring and searing it is 99.9% 99.9% of people don't want to say it, but it's the people like uh, like the other day. I don't know if you saw Lawrence Fox tweet. Oh well, any word should be should be said, should be should be allowed to say. You just want to say. It. You want to say it in the like in in the angry aggressive way in which it in, in which it came about. Uh, I mean, which just to jump in there, I think it's fine. Say it with your chest, though. Yeah, oh, of course. Don't yeah. yeah. Go around the houses and contextualize and tell me all manner of gymnastics by way of words why you said it. Say it. Just say it. Yeah, exactly. If you want, like, look, 
there i i'm all for freedom of speech no matter no matter what i'm not no, okay well we, we can not. get into that to, to a certain choose though you can't be confused yeah you, you can't said be. before that you are for freedom of speech you even put it in the context of you can't go to an airport and scream bomb I do remember that conversation, yeah. but we're going to circle back to that. But sorry, I interrupted you, and I think that's I mean, very you've rude. Got, you've got you've got to take the good with with the bad, and I, I firmly believe. And ironically, this is something that even Joe Rogan has said on the on on the podcast that if people are putting out bad and heinous ideas or whatever and heinous views, you challenge them with alternative views, and like you you pick apart their arguments and you you sh you show why their op opinions and their beliefs are asinine or their their prejudices or or what have you it's, that's what joe said yeah no he did yeah he said fuck yeah. joe For, uh, fuck joe why I the know, fuck am but, i gonna come with logic to illogical ideology the, what, what, that doesn't make any sense why the fuck am i gonna try and use intelligence against someone who's unintelligent but no, but you're showing other people like you're 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 literally dissecting and you're showing it for how stupid and how how dumb it is. Do, 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 <laughs> I know it's, iron, it's, iron, it's ironic that he, that, that he said that. But I mean, should it should it be canceled? I mean, uh, I, I've, I've I'm never I'm never one to call for for people to to lose their jobs and livelihood. And that's. That, that's regardless of the fact that I'm, I'm immersed in the mixed martial arts world and Joe Rogan is obviously one, one of the biggest names. And I, I, I mean, people should be forced to, 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 to apologize and to, and to be held accountable for, for, what, for, for what they've done and whether the powers that be that oversee their, their livelihoods decide to, to go a different way. That's, that's something else, but it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think he should be cancelled to be honest. And well, for me, like I'm 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 not gonna listen to the podcast unless I get it from from another way. Like strictly for the MMA. Like say if you've got somebody like a like a George St Pierre or, or or what have you. Like I'll find a I'll find a crack stream for it. Or do, do you know what I mean? So he doesn't get a penny over it or or what have you personally. But yeah, I, I mean. I Sorry to jump in. I don't think it actually works like that. I thought he'd been front loaded, front paid a hundred million dollars. So you not listening, you. It's the same um, thing. Well, it's pointless, pointless, isn't it? Exactly. Well, That's I'd, be as, well, I'd be as well just going, I'd be as well just going through it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But am, am I disappointed? And like, look, I, I know people are saying, yeah, it's the Planet of the Apes things years ago and, and, and what have you. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think he's a racist, and yeah, people can change. Yes, people can change. We've we've seen examples of, like, or you 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 see news stories of uh, people who are, um, for example, former white supremacists who renounce their their past, and then they make a concerted effort to um, to to ensure that people don't go down that same path or, or whatever. But for me, if someone shows you who they are the first time, Maya Angelou said believe them the first time I get, I get that but i think i think we have to be like for for society to function in general and they, no, i'm not talking about just in race and where but we have to believe that people can change to a certain extent that's mm -hmm. but in, until i see any any sort of um concerted effort to Karis has got his, his hand up yeah I'll, I'll come to you until i see any sort of concerted effort to for him to 
and not just concerted effort in, in the in the in the in the sense of oh he just throws a hundred thousand dollars to the uh to, to, to some black school or what or, or what have you until i see concerted effort and like to to sh to to show that he like he's not the person that said those things however many years ago i think that, like that clip like the planet of the eights clip is like 10 or 12 years old but anyway it's irrelevant until i see that i'm not ready to to forget i'm not ready to forget i can eventually forgive down the line because you can't hold grudges as a human being or whatever but forget i will not kairos you've got your hand up like a good little student listen i'm a believer so i can't sit here and say i don't believe anyone can be redeemed but here's my question for you right now do you think osama bin laden yeah <laughs> can be redeemed do you think he deserves the opportunity um no but i think the, the, like okay no, no no okay good 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 so that's a completely different line no I'm, I'm getting to a point i'm getting to a point i just want to let me land let me land so the line for you would be terrorists people who are taking lives and endangering people and and things of that nature when we are causing physical harm and taking lives per, per perhaps but it, like it's Every case is different, isn't it? Like that's that's yes, but he, yes and no. Yeah. And here's why: Terrence McKinney tweeted the other day. His mom interviewed a white supremacist who firebombed a mosque. That's terrorism. Is he allowed to redeem himself? He can he redeem himself, but not Osama bin Laden, who's also a terrorist. Okay. They're both terrorists. They're both trying to take lives. They're both trying to kill people. But because he said he's fucking sorry and he's speaking English and he's white, it's okay. No, Fuck I that get terrorists. No, I get I get what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying. And but this goes into a whole nother a whole nother conversation of whether uh an act of evil can truly can truly be redeemed. But Mike, <laughs> I feel like we're getting all philosophical. Feel like, okay. Just to just to take it on another tangent, but to bring it back to race and racism, would you give Jim Davison a pass? Would you give Bernard Manning a pass? Would you give, he was a well-known racist, but do you see where I'm coming, coming from? They saying. have renounced their comedy as being racist. And back then it was acceptable, but they've shown us who they were then. And I definitely believing them when they told us and showed us who they were now. I don't like what they said then. Part here, uh, you, you have to remember. Well, I know who Jim Davidson is. I know some of his comedy, but you have to remember there's a bit of a, bit of an age difference between us, uh, Mike. So I don't know who Mr. Manning is <laughs> or oh, I have you. But no, I get. I completely get what you're saying. And uh, yeah, it's so that underpins what Kyrus was saying. I get. I know. I can bringing it back. Again, oh, here, I, yeah, here, here I am trying like questioning whether a leopard can truly change his spots or, or, or what exactly let's thing. not get caught up in the fact that we love joe's work because i will say that with my chest yeah. what i don't love is obfuscation and outright lying and denial that you are a racist own it with your chest joe own it but okay let's let's also throw another spanner into the works and or played played devil's advocate to say Joe Rogan has a black door step door yes yeah and like I, I'm I'm like I, I've 
I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this absolves him of, of, of anything, which uh, is a, a recurring theme I've seen on, on, the, on the timeline of web or whatever. But I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm even going off, to, off topic here. Yeah, yeah, I was interested when you were going there. Yeah, I'm even going off topic here. So no, I was, I was, I was saying so. Like, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to bring up the point that a recurring theme that I've seen is that, uh, that this is absolving Joe that he, he, he truly can't be, can't be racist because he's obviously, he's been, he's had a, he, he has, he has a black person in his family. But I mean, that's <laughs> did, I mean, did. Did you not get the point where I said racism is the oppression or suppression with someone who has power over someone who you doesn't? No, no, I've got, I completely do. I completely so there is that. But also, let's not forget there have been times where a stepchild, because she is a stepdaughter, yeah. not his natural daughter, um, apparently um, her dad was in H-Town. Somebody got me knocking the boots was one of their massive hits. Yeah. But the fact is, we have seen travesties where families have actually Mystery. gone to court and we've seen murders being carried out by individuals who do have mixed... Um, ethnicity in their family so that ethnicity thing i'm not buying yeah i'm, no, I'm thinking no, he's using that he's using it as a shield and it's interesting that it's other people who are actually bringing that out because i don't think he's ever mentioned that no no he fact, yeah, that fact is still say, yeah. a fact regardless of whether your stepdaughter is black asian or otherwise that does not excuse what he has been accused of and what I feel that he's guilty of, and that is racism. No, of course, of course, racist. No, no, I know, but I, I, I wanted to, to, to play like the devil's advocate and lay that on the table, and get because I, that because that's a constant theme, which which I've seen. Well, well, his, his stepdaughter is black, so it must mean he can't he can't be racist. And bullshit. Yeah, I call bullshit, bullshit on that. Bullshit. Yeah, no, no, of course, of course. I mean, and again. Even even if he wasn't racist against African Americans, just because you're not racist against one group of people doesn't mean you're not racist against another. Do you know what I mean? So it's there you go. Yeah, but all right, all right. I, I, I was, is holding down his temper. He wants. Yeah, to, I know. I know. I know you want to. Yeah, I I know your foundational Black American genes are kind of rising up, and they want to actually just spring onto the screen. Kairos, take it away, my Kairos brother. <laughs> Kairos Nasheed coming up. I just, I just said I, I believe in mercy. I believe in people redeeming themselves. I'm not going to end this in violence and anger. You said you wanted to play devil's advocate. Fuck the devil. Fuck his advocates. But you're free to do what you want, and um, I'm going to do what I want to do. No, of course, <laughs> no, of course. Like, look, I, I like to just think that maybe it's just me being an eternal optimist and thinking that that pe people can change. And some and there have been cases which which they have and but Kairos raised a good point about can a can Osama bin Laden truly redeem himself? Imagine if bin Laden went on TV afterwards like oh I'm sorry for orchestrating the, the death of however many people. Um yeah, it's it it I mean it's it's very disappointing. I don't think Joe Rogan should be canceled. I, I get I get what you're saying because 
you raise a very good point that Mike, that if uh, you, you you like to keep them in plain in plain sight, absolutely, and, yeah, plain plain sight, and and if 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 he if he is this this uh, this 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 true bigot, then it's he'll it he'll uh, show his true colors again eventually. Do you know what I mean? I so, think one of the just going off at a tangent. I think one of the worst things that Twitter did was to ban Trump. The worst oh, thing. Of course. Similarly, similarly with Tommy Robinson, I don't believe in cancelling people. Keep them where we can see them. Again, we can and this goes back to the point that what I was saying beforehand, and then you can challenge their ideas with better ideas. Like, and you. you can expose them for, like, and pick holes in their stupid, asinine arguments. Yep. But, but if anything, it almost... It almost empowers them and gives them gives them this extra aura to people who might have already been flirting with their with their ideologies and then like, well, oh Tommy's been kicked off of Twitter. I'm gonna fucking go follow him now. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Anyway, people, we got a fucking awesome fight this weekend between Robert <laughs> Wicker and Israel Adesonia. Did you notice the pronunciation? Did you notice? Adesanya. Did he did he coach you when you spoke to no, him? No, 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 no. That is just my that is just my African roots oh, showing okay. him respect and pronouncing his name properly. I caught up with the one and only last style bender a couple of weeks ago to preview UFC 271, which takes place this weekend in Houston. I believe yeah, it's in Houston, isn't it? So check out what the last style bender had to say to good old Mr. Chisanga Malak. I know a lot of fighters in the past when they rematch someone who they've beaten emphatically, sometimes they're guilty of cutting corners and they don't prepare properly. How has that, how's it been for you going into this rematch? That's not been the case this time. It's actually made me even more motivated to do it again and do it more, more decisively, if that's even possible, um, which it is. I believe so. So, yeah, uh, that's what's my motivation for this fight. That's what got me up for this fight was to do it again in a more devastating fashion. And it's been two and a bit years since you you and Rob fought in that uh, historic card at the Marvel Stadium. Have you seen any improvements in Rob? Because obviously he's gone on a three-fight win streak uh, with wins over Darren Till, Cannoneer, and most recently Kelvin. Have you seen any improvements? And if so, what do you think they are? Uh, to be honest, I have seen... Um, oh, sorry, my phone. I've seen some improvements in his game, but it's not as drastic as, as not as drastic as you might think, or as you guys might believe. But um, yeah, it's uh, the improvement still. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm not just staying the same as well. You have to understand that I improve very very fast at a rapid rate, and I learned at a really fast pace. So yeah, I'm I'm rolling with it. And I'm not too sure if, if you um, if you saw comments that he recently said. He recently attributed the loss to to his ego. Um, now I was a bit perplexed when he said that because I, it, to me it kind of came across like a self defense mechanism. Maybe he wasn't giving you the just props. Is that something that you agree with the notion? That notion. Well, it was his ego, but I called it from the fight. I said, you know, he's 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 acting out of character, and I said also that this is not he's not being himself like and people were all oh he's such a good guy he's such this i'm like he's a dickhead like you guys just don't see it and now he's admitted that yeah it was his ego that got a, the best of him and i'm like well i told you so you should have listened to me listen to your dad but um yeah uh i mean what else is he gonna say you know i beat him 
he said right after the fight, it's the best I've ever felt. So I remember that. I do not forget that. So that was the best he's ever felt. Bet. If he could get better, I'm sure he's got better. Bring the best again and I'll beat him again. Mm-hmm. So you're getting uh, another t- title defense in, in the books early in 2022, fighting in February. What are your plans and your goals for 2022? How active do you want to be? Obviously, you're you're you're, you're very very active t- traditionally. Even I remember following your kickboxing days, there were times it felt like you fought every couple of weeks or whatever. So yeah. how active do you want to be in 2022? I want to lap the division again. So to do that, I want to fight three or four times this year because. I don't know if the climate of this whole fucking pandemic has slowed things down, but um, also being a champion slows things down because there's only so many cards and there's only so many fights you can have and so many contenders. So for me, yeah, I just want to lap the division again. And, you know, that's a term that your countryman Kamara Usman has, has used lapping the division, and that's what he's doing in the welterweight division. Yeah. Once you do that, what, what's what's next for you? Are, are you thinking of a potential return to the uh, 205-pound division? Maybe. Maybe we'll figure that out when that comes. But right now, I'm focused on what I'm doing at 185. But that's another side mission that will happen again down the line. But right now, focus. Focus is where I'm at, where I'm the king at. And I'm not too sure if uh, if you're aware of this, but in March, it will mark, I believe, the 10-year anniversary of you making your mixed martial arts debut. Now, I know that you're a very methodical and strategic man and you, you, you had this plan going into it. Has every, has a career mapped out and panned out exactly how you wanted to and exactly how you planned or or, 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 or is the best yet to come in that sense? So far, it has and then some, but I'm not done yet. That's the thing. That's why I'm still enjoying this game. I'm not done yet. I'm not even close to being done. So, yeah, I... I I'm just enjoying it as it comes. I'm taking everything as it comes because this is it's a privilege to live this lifestyle and I'm really enjoying it and soaking it in lately. And I keep telling people they should do the same whenever I fight, soak it up because there's only, you know, so many fights that I have. And I know I'm definitely over the halfway point of my career. So I know, like, <laughs> there'll be a few fights I have left and then before you know it, I'm out. And then, yeah. Maybe one of those ones like, man, I wish I saw him fight when he was alive or I, saw, I wish I saw him fight when when he was active, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of, uh, of of milestones, I remember when, uh, well, the, the first time I interviewed you was in the media day for, uh, what, what UFC was it? It was, uh, what card did you fight Brunson on? I completely, the, the names, the numbers completely. Yeah. 230. Two two thirty, yes, it was is two thirty, and we we talked about at length about potentially headlining a, a, a card in, uh, in in Africa. Now, obviously, you're from Nigeria. That's I'm sure that's where you'd love to do it. Is that another thing in the list that you have to take off in this home home stretch, perhaps, of your career? Hundred percent, because what me, Kamaru, and Francis are doing right now is is history. You know, so there's, there's got to be a way to cement that for us, for our people. And I feel like doing a card in, in the continent, the great continent of Africa would be the one. So we'll make that happen. By hook or by crook, we'll make that happen. And have you spoken, have you pitched the idea to the UFC at all? Or? Of course, yeah. It's, it's, we've, they've known about it for a while. So it's, it's, it's going to happen. But it's just, yeah, climates of things uh, need to align properly. So, yeah, it'll happen. And, things, and, and things that you talk about, about happening... It, um, well, I'm, I'm obviously uh, English of, of Zambian descent, but 
you've always yeah. talked about potentially fighting Darren Till. You've always said that no matter like down the line, th th this this has got to happen. Is that something that you still want like to well to close out your career? Because obviously stylistically, your styles match up amazingly. Yeah, I mean it doesn't got to happen, but mm -hmm. it would be a cool fight. I just I keep I keep propping him up. I'm like, come on, Darren, and he just he's just right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, and I, I like Darren. I like Darren. I just he just hasn't got like sometimes it, it worked. Look, a classic case of another English middleweight, Michael Bisping, always mm -hmm. hit and miss, always hit and miss, till it was his moment, and he hit, he hit big. So you can't sleep on these guys, these scousers, as they like to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 a great fighter. So I, I, if he shows up, he shows up one day. But if not. I can sleep at night knowing I never fought him, but I would just wouldn't like to just because of uh, styles. Fair enough. And the final question from Israel. I appreciate the time, and I'm sure you're on your way to training. Maybe you're running up that, those hills of death that you do that I've seen on your on your Instagram. I've got breath work soon. All right. And, but yeah, the final question from me is: You've said that you think that you can top the the victory over Robert Whitaker and do it more emphatically second time around. How do you foresee the fight playing out then? I want to tell you guys. I say statesman, you'll, you'll find out. You'll find out. You'll be quite surprised. All right, we're back, people. Mike, I wanted to get your thoughts on Izzy saying that he basically wants to lap the division and also, and, and another uh, small, uh, well, kind of small thing that he said that basically he's halfway through his career already. Like, obviously, he celebrates the 10-year anniversary of his mixed martial arts debut, I believe, in March. But uh, it's interesting to see that, well, he's not necessarily looking towards the finish line, but he's aware that and he's cognizant of the fact that he doesn't want to be around for too much longer because obviously mixed martial arts and combat sports in general, fighters stay around for, for too long, too, uh, too often, and they ultimately pay the price, whether it be maybe uh, physical or mental or what have you. So how did you react to that? I loved it. I loved it from the point of view that he's obviously going to be generating generational wealth in that his son, his daughter, future son or daughter, if he chooses to have them, won't have to fight unless they really, really want to. His son's son, his grandson, won't have to fight unless they really, really want to. Now, given where he's come from, given his background, given um, that he wasn't born of a silver spoon in his mouth and given all the conversation that we've had up until this point around fighter play, pay I think that's a win from what I've heard um he's re-upped with the UFC and he's re-upped in a massive way so much so that he can have that kind of talk he can have that kind of exit strategy he can think about this as just being something which he does for pleasure as opposed to necessity so I love it but what I wanted to touch on is um, he was still open to um, clashing Darren Till, if I if I if I heard that right? Yes, yes, he is. And if you're going to bring any Darren Till slander to the podcast, <laughs> I will end this meeting right now. Well, I'm just going to put it uh, plain and simply like this. Then, um, from where I'm sat, I love Darren Till. I think he's personable. Having interviewed him in the past. I think he is very, very talented um, as a striker, but it's clear that his game is one dimensional. So in terms of longevity and in terms of what he can do um, in championship contention, 
I just don't see it happening. But I have to keep in mind that he is a Brit yep. and I have to keep in mind of what you just said. I don't want you to end the podcast. But ultimately, <laughs> um, whilst it will be something that would be a spectacle, it will be something to behold, I think that Izzy is right. He would make short work of him. All right. Um, I wanted to actually, before I get Karis's uh, thoughts on Izzy saying that he wants to, and he thinks that he can get more devastating victory over Rob, which I think he's going to be hard-pressed to do second time around. I wanted to go back and circle back to what you said about him re-upping with the, um, with the UFC. Now, I saw, I can't remember who it was that, um, that tweeted it, but apparently Izzy didn't sign his fight contract until this week until this week and previously Ariel Hawani revealed that he had two fights left on his contract so essentially he kind of held the UFC to ransom to to a certain extent and I've I, I assume that because of it he his bag was significantly bigger the the, the checks the well the checks or they're going to be coming are significantly larger so I think we got to give this guy props for for, for doing that him and his management a, a paradigm for for once for flipping the, uh, the uh, for, for, what's the word I'm looking for? For flipping the power, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Power dynamics. Yeah, change. exactly. Thank you very much for flipping the power dynamic for because the UFC kind of shot themselves in the foot by announcing it and <laughs> by announcing it and also by not having another big card on the uh, uh, big fight on the card. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see he's, uh, he's he's not flipped them. He's he's finessed them. That's what he's done. That's big time. All right, Kairos, what's your thoughts on Izzy saying that he thinks he can get a more devastating victory over Rob second time around? Personally, I think he's going to be very hard-pressed to do so because I think Whitaker is going to be cautious. He's not going to be as reckless as he was in, in the first fight. I think in the first uh, first round, or, or it might have been the two rounds of that fight, he threw just 60 head strikes. Which is which is a lot, which is a lot, especially considering how we see how Whitaker likes to mix things up and mix up his attacks. So, do you think Izzy can get it done in more devastating fashion? Depends on your definition, because like me, I think if you fight someone for twenty five minutes and just ten nine them across, maybe throwing some ten eights, I feel like that's more devastating than you just KO when you're TKO or something. Because it's like at no point in this fucking twenty five minutes did you stand a fucking chance. Yeah, I feel like that is just embarrassing. Like that is bad. So if that's what people think is that more devastating, yes, he can absolutely do that. But if people think he's about to knock him out even faster, I just don't see it. That was the worst Robert Whitaker we've probably ever seen. There were so many factors going into that. He had come off a long layoff. He had come off of some serious injuries. He had a weird, his style was very weird already to deal with a style like Israel's with the range distance-based strikers, which is what you saw with Wonderboy. And so I I was just like, ain't no way Rob is going to win this fight. I I didn't think he was going to get knocked out though, but I don't think that Israel can knock him out faster. I do think though he could, he has a very strong chance at 50-45 in him because Rob, everyone wants to say he's so well-rounded he's this and that that boy Robert Whitaker went three for like 21 on takedowns against Darren's okay not three for 21 it was like three for 14 against Darren Till and everyone wants to talk about Darren Till having such bad takedown defense and grappling defense well if he has such bad takedown defense why is he able to consistently stuff Robert's shots if Robert has such a well-rounded game well so that's Darren Till praise I'm gonna come in and interrupt Darren Till did also stop Tyron Woodley's takedowns 
in their championship fight. Yes, I know he got rocked and dropped by the right hand, but yes, <laughs> he, did, he did. I'm going to give him props. He stopped T Wood from, uh, from from taking him down. So, all right. Oh, yeah, shit, I, I, like I, I don't know, man. I think I could stuff a T Wood takedown. I'm not. No, come on. Yeah, this is Tyron. This is Tyron was killing <laughs> This, oh man, even that Tyron wasn't shooting for takedowns. That Tyron wasn't that, that was, bro. Tyron, that Tyron, yeah, but okay, let's let's talk about the well, okay, we're digressing, but the the disparity between their respective wrestling skill sets, and especially Tyron Woodley, who's started wrestling for I don't know what age, what what age. So, anyway, we're digressing, but I agree with what you're saying that, yes, um. Uh, a clear shutout across uh, across five rounds could be more devastating, especially mentally to to Rob, because yes. if he was to get picked apart for five straight rounds and struggle to land any shots of uh, of note, that would just that mentally break him. They would just be like, "Fuck up! Yeah. This guy is better than me in all departments." And well, and let, yes, let's not going let, for him right now. Yeah, oh yeah, and let's not forget as well that I mean. Let's call a spade a spade. Izzy like knocked him out twice. He knocked yeah. him out basically at the end of that first round. If there was another second, he would he would have landed one more shot. That's it. And like I know people online are saying that uh, why is Izzy saying that he knocked him out twice or he took his soul twice? You saw how badly hurt Rob was when he was like hold when he hold himself back up to his feet after yeah. that. And and I'm, I'm not saying this to like sound as if like um, I'm Team Izzy or whatever. I'm just saying it as it is. I am. I, I love Robert Whitaker's style. I, I I really do. And there's what's not to love about Rob Robert Whitaker. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, I I think Izzy might stop him. I've got a funny feeling like it, it's been a while since we've seen Adesanya really throw a question mark kick. Like I know I know he kind of did did one against um against Costa, but it wasn't like your traditional one. But it's it's been a while like. It's yeah. like, do you remember the one he caught Derek Brunson with at UFC 230? Oh, man, okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I was, I had the privilege. You, you talked about um, having opportunities to go to these fights. I had the privilege of watching that fight live. And that fight was probably one of the best performances I've ever seen. And when, the way he arched that, that question mark kick and then also caught him with the, like, the straight right afterwards, man, it was beautiful. It literally looked like it was a whip. His leg looked like a whip. And then his yeah. hand, his hook looked, I was just like, what did I just see? It like <laughs> it looked like an octopus was like striking him. I was like, oh, Jesus <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with Israel Adesanya to get the job done in round number three. That's my prediction. I'm going round number six. two. Oh, I'm going round six. What's that? 49-46 or 50-45. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going for Izzy to get the job done in round number two. And we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. The the battle of the two beloved heavyweights. Is it going to be a shoey or are we going to see the Black Beast celebration at the end? You see, I was going to, in the time-honoured fashion, end off the show by talking about the fight that I was most looking forward to. This uh, is <laughs> I'm most sorry, looking forward to. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I think, I really do think that we're going to see a shoey and I don't want to see it. I'm going to be turning away at that point. What? <laughs> I think Ty Tuivasa, you mark my words here. Okay. We'll be sipping from a shoey. <laughs> we'll be doing a shoey at the end of the night. Seriously. Oh, okay. No, yeah, look, I mean, he's, 
he's in the form of his UFC career, I believe, but four consecutive knockout wins. But this is a big step up in terms of in, ter- in terms in terms of opponent and. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be some swanging and banging. Can we, not, can we not? Can we not do this revisionist history of uh, Derek Lewis? Who did he? Who did he clash last? And he why lost to Cyril Glenn. Glenn. Yes, but okay, Mike. Ninety percent of the heavyweights in the, in the division lose to Cyril Glenn. Okay, all right. <laughs> what I mean, the fuck are we saying, doing? Here? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Hold saying, on. I'm not letting you get off like this. I'm not letting exactly. you do this shit. I'm not going to let you do this shit. We think Ty Bam Bam Zoe Basta is going to beat Derek Lewis? Yes. Bro, who do you think is the worst fighter on the UFC roster right now? Uh, Paddy Pimlet. Okay, no, he's not. You know what? <laughs> I think... I, I like Roxanne out of Ferris' chances against Ty Tuivasa. That's what I think. I don't think Ty Tuivasa can beat anybody. This might be Sakai. He beat Stefan Struve, Greg Hardy, and some other jabroni from Costco. I don't want to ever hear anyone say Ty is going to beat Derek in any Derek is going to go out there, throw heavy shots, and Ty is going to fall. Every time this man fights someone who can defend himself, Ty flounders. We are not going to do this to Derek. We are not going to do this to Derek at all. Okay. It's the same shit I see with them talking about Roxanne versus Casey. Roxanne has almost 50 professional fights and Casey has eight. No, I'm going to pick Casey to be a major. What the fuck are we doing here? What is this? Yeah, oh, man. oh, care to put some uh, shots on this then? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. how much? Oh. How much? All the shots. <laughs> 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 Oh. No, but for I will put some shots on it. And when I bring my, nah, I'm not going to lose. Bring <laughs> your drink the first episode. Because I did that with the last one. You didn't want to record it. And I did it another time. You didn't want to record it again. And then you made me look like I was the bad guy. <laughs> You're like, oh, you avoided shots. How many shots do you want to put on this then? Uh, are we doing two fights or are we doing just this one? Just this one. Because the strength of your conviction there just says to me that you're very confident. Six shots, Django. I shots it is then. <laughs> shots it is then. You people are crazy, man. You I, people, I, I, what I mean, do you mean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now you now you, now you do we forgive Robert Downey Jr. for doing blackface in uh, in uh, Tropic Thunder? No, no it because ma- that it was made, funny. Hold up, hold up, hold up. It made sense. <laughs> yeah, it made sense. He doesn't need forgiveness because it made sense. He was playing a method actor. Thank he was you. playing an actor yeah, who was, thank you. was doing black. It's different versus him yeah. saying, I'm yeah, black. It, it's it's like, no, different. hell no. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. That, one of, that's, that film is so underrated. Tropic Thunder. I love What it do you is. mean, you people? What do you mean? <laughs> Robert gets Robert is all right. Robert's yeah, Robert Downey Jr., he's cool. He's cool with me with that one. But, um, Who's, who's, who's closing out the show? It's because I've, I've got my day. Tyros, it's got to be you, my brother. I'm closing? Bring, bring the show to a halt. Okay. We, we are doing our fights we're looking forward to on the card? Well, I've just done mine. Okay. So I, I guess you're just wrapping shit up. Okay. Unless- um, This has concluded the greatest episodes of Shots Fired this far without Gina. You lied to me. You texted me acting like you were going to be on the call and you were here. So I got some (laughs) texts for you after the fact, Gina. Anywho, if you want to catch me, you can catch, uh, you'll find me. (laughs) But if you want to catch these two gentlemen, you can catch Mike 
at Wolte. Mike, Mike at Mike Wolte Wolte TV. TV. Yep. At, on Twitter. On Twitter. Y'all, y'all need to say your shit. I don't know y'all's tag. I don't even know why. What, wow. Why y'all doing this to me? Wow. I, I didn't prepare for this shit. Come on. Wow. Yeah. I'm not prepared. Is this how it's going to go down at Wave TV? Wow. No, because I actually bring it. Like, come on. Wow. I wasn't prepared for this. Shit. Uh, you can get me at Mike Woe TV, and I only have one social media channel that I actually use, and that is Twitter. Mike Woe TV on Twitter. Apart from Sanger. Apart from his burner Instagram accounts. <laughs> right, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Chisanga underscore Malata. I don't do none of that TikTok shit. I'm over the age of 30. That's not my generation. Not evolve. Yeah. Oh, one last thing just before we go. Um, I think full disclosure should be actually uh, in, in order here. Let's get some parliamentary procedure in here, as uh, the old Chris Eubank used to say. Yes. She was actually here at the beginning of the show. Oh, she waited around. She was, yeah. She waited around and you didn't show. <laughs> so she was here. She was the first one here. She was 10 minutes, er no, five minutes early. Yep. And I then had she to come back from work. I was, I, my work is 35 minutes away. So I was like zooming to get back here. And then I made it back and you're like, are y'all coming? Like, yes, I just made it home. Like, come on, give me some slack. I got and three jobs now. And finally, <laughs> ahead of, uh, well, just before UFC 271, I'll be opening up a space with our old friend, the man, the myth, the legend, combat sports with Rhino. And some guests are going to be uh, popping through. Confirmed. We have Paul Craig, we have Mark DKZ, and we have Lerone Murphy. Confirmed. But there will be other surprises along the way. So if you're not doing anything on Saturday, uh, 9 o'clock UK time and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, drop by Twitter Spaces and join in the fun. Until next week. Peace. Peace.